We are 11 episodes into our podcast, and we are just starting to hone in on what it is and what it should be. It's funny, because we start this podcast, we had this initial idea of what we wanted to do, kind of like these polarizing topics back and forth, and you and I would have these debates about stuff, but then we kind of right. found out, like, we didn't necessarily enjoy, like, debating stuff. Right. Just for debate. Right. We started sharing our own experiences as, as entrepreneurs and the concept of DIY hustle and the essential practice of starving our own trolls, which are the negative voices from both outside and inside of ourselves. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even realize how much those voices were inside of me. And this, this podcast is kind of helping me as therapy. We wanted to take an episode to look at someone uh, who's kind of an expert at starving the trolls, someone who's... Yeah masterfully ignored negativity and uh, he lived like a beacon of light influencing generations of children and adults for good and that person is Mr. Rogers It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighborhood. Welcome to Don't Feed the Trolls, where we discuss without the fuss. This episode, we are going to talk about the man, the myth, the legend, Fred Rogers, famed troll hunter and destroyer of bad feelings. But first, we've got some emails to read, Nate. We got some emails in our neighborhood. Don't read the trolls. Carson Davis says, Damn you guys for throwing Margaritaville on that friendship episode. (laughs) Now it's stuck in my head. Anyways, I love the show. WTF. Now I got the friends in low places part in my head. Screw you guys. Thanks, Carson. Uh, Sean Alexander, and this one I really, really love. He tells us, um, he he wrote us a long email, says uh, he recently lost his flat, which denotes that he's probably from UK or Commonwealth country. His job was uh, shipping abroad and he had had yet to use his degree in design from six years ago, which was something he'd always wanted to do. And he goes on to say, so now I have several decisions to make. Out of nowhere on Saturday, my friend, the doer in the story, contacted me with an opportunity. He's starting up his own web development company and wants me to help with design and a bunch of other work. Today, I put on Don't Feed the Trolls newest episode and guess what it is all about. I'm skeptical about the whole it's a sign thing, but it really turned my head. Hearing Jack's story, and that's Jack Roan, our first guest in our startup series, has struck a chord and really got me excited about this potential opportunity and dampened some of the fears. I'll let you know how I get on. Thanks for the content, guys, and keep on trolling. Sean. That's awesome. I love that because I love being able to play a role, even if it's just a little nudge or a little encouragement for people who are, are... transitioning into something uh, that's yeah. a little bit scary. And I think it's, it's, that's the fun part of our job, I think. Oh, yeah. People are just not feeding the trolls out there and they're getting what we're trying to do. Hustle, baby. MPG from Germany. All right. We got some German listeners. Yes, sir. I just finished listening to the episode about not feeding the inner troll, and I want to thank you guys for making the podcast. It highlighted so many aspects of what's fueling my current unhappiness. And I now feel like I have to do something about how I'm feeling rather than just sitting in the straitjacket of frustration. Most significant was the statement, it's possible to be realistic without being negative. Before the podcast ended, I realized I have a big, fat, hairy, smelly, unwashed (laughs) troll living in my head. And now I'm going to starve him and make him take a shower. (laughs) Thanks for doing what you're doing. You make a difference. Love the metaphors and analogies in that. That's great. Reading these emails in the morning going, this is awesome because I I, I get the encouragement in the morning when I need it. And uh, 
it's just been cool. So we've been getting a lot of emails lately and a lot of good ones. Spread it around, share it around. Thanks, thanks you guys for emailing us. Uh, I'll read one more. Um, Abigail T. She says she's a self-defined slacktivist with a burning passion and no outlet. And she said, listening into you both is important because it teaches respectful ways of exploring all points of view. I've definitely disagreed with you both, which I appreciate, especially on your podcast about modesty. Thank you. Thank you. We, I would disagree with us on that, too. Uh, but I sincerely appreciate the conversation you all continue to have. It didn't fill me with red hot rage and the desire to block you, but rather it elicited a response for more, no, um, for more knowledge and a broader understanding of modesty and its impact on all aspects of our culture. I hope to respond more. Can't wait to binge listen. Thank you, Abigail T., for dropping the knowledge on us. Nate, you want to do one more? I wonder what she disagrees with us on. Um, Probably everything. Kyle Unger says, Funny how you guys did an episode on friendship when you clearly are too dumb to have any friends. (laughs) (laughs) He's not even trolling. He's just telling the truth. So good job, Kyle. (laughs) Clearly we don't have any friends. Speaking of friends, let's talk about our patrons, man. Patreon, yes. We are blown away. Um, As of recording this today, we have 26 people pledging to support our show. And since we are still kind of at the beginning and your support means so much uh, in the beginning stages of trying to build this this podcast, we are going to thank all of them, all of you patrons right now. So, so Nate, you want to list them down? Mary McDonald, Joe Moore, Alexander Layton, Christian Bruins, Jake Whittaker, Corey Hart, Luke Rogers, Luke Bagdahl, Ryan Fillinger, Emily Marriott, Logan Kohler, Corey McMeekin. There you go. Roger Vanderwalker. Come on, guys. Give me some easy names to read here. (laughs) Brad Amy, Kenny Backick. I can't even read these. <laughs> Lydia Anderson, Hillary Comer, Spencer Bradley, Sean Alexander, Brian Brinkley, Matthew Blades, Gary David Wilkinson, Ben Porter, Brant McCarthy, Jeremy Montoya, and <laughs> Emma Franks. You started so fast. We're going to get some troll mail in uh, don't email with trolls at gmail.com. You didn't say my name right. Mispronouncing. Maybe someone could send us some like audio uh, of them pronouncing their name. That would be great. If uh, you were going to try to read that list fast, you would fail every time. <laughs> It's, that it, is that it, is not an easy list. It to does read not us. roll off the tongue. But thank you all for pledging your support. <laughs> yeah. We've added two new episodes of bonus content for our patrons. Uh, one of them with uh, our buddy Matt Hoops. We talk about media addiction, and then the conversation just kept going into a bunch of different stuff. So we put uh, that conversation also up yeah. at our Patreon page. That's Patreon.com/slash/DontFeedTheTrolls, and check it out and consider pledging one dollar a month, or five dollars, or ten dollars, whatever you want. Every bit helps. We appreciate I, it. Speaking of trolls, I love that uh, someone pledged 50 bucks. Oh, they did? And then they changed it the next day to five. Oh, they maybe, maybe they put <laughs> an extra zero in there. So I just we wrote it back. I said, hey, that was a great trolling joke if you did that on purpose. So. Yeah. He's just baiting us with, with the $50. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, 50 bucks for 24 hours. Taking it back. <laughs> oh, we thought we were that's rich. Awesome. But seriously, thanks for supporting the show. We love it. You guys are awesome. Yes. So, Nate... Why Mr. Rogers? Why Fred Rogers? I think a couple years ago, one of my good friends and mentors um, posted this video on Facebook of Mr. Rogers, um, and it's one that we're going to play for you guys because it's just, it's really moving. But I was like watching this video on my Facebook feed, and I just started crying. <laughs> I was like, that's amazing. What he stood for and what he represented uh, was just something that I think kids needed. And uh, he was kind of one of the only dudes filling this void right. where so many kids didn't have any love in their life. And that was it. Mr. Right. Rogers was all they had. And I think he knew that and he owned it. Kind of as an adult looking back, like how bold that guy was to do what right. he did. It's just moved me. 
I, I re-saw something recently on him again, and then I watched something else, and I was like, dude, this guy's like the troll starver of all time. We need to, <laughs> we need to do an episode on him. So here we are. Here we are. Well, what was the video that initially prompted your your interest in Mr. Rogers? It was the one where he ha- he brings the kid on in the wheelchair, and he just asks him all these questions, and the kid's just response is so positive. Yeah. And it's it just like, it's a tearjerker. You're just like, yeah. gosh. And then like, they sing I'm, a song together. Yeah. About I like you just the way you are. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just like thinking about it now. I'm like, I'm getting emotional. Oh, but yeah. You just don't realize in your own life how bad of an attitude you can have. And then just this kid coming on a show and just being full of life. You're just right. like, you just feel really, I have so much to be thankful for. This this kid with this disease and this wheelchair can be super happy. Then man, right. I should be jumping off the wall. So sure. Yeah. The dude is an ordained Presbyterian minister, but he never talks about religion in what is on on his show he doesn't talk about religion but he's definitely like exuding the morality of what he believes you can see his conviction you know like he is doing exactly what you know religious people think is the message of the gospel right the good but it's like so beyond the bounds of words right how about that yeah i mean just just the idea of him filling a void you were talking about mr rogers you know, there was there was this void on television. It was mostly cartoons, which he often referred to as bombardment. Like they're bombarded with these cartoons of like, you know, often violent, you know, Bugs Bunny and, mm-hmm. you know, Elmer Fudd and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, uh, one of his quotes is, I went into television because I hated it so. And I thought there was some way of using this fabulous instrument to nurture those who would watch and listen and I, I just think that's such a cool perspective because, you know, I grew up very in a very conservative family. We didn't have a TV growing up because that was, you know, Satan's portal, you know, like we were going to be fed all this evil and whatever. But here, Fred Rogers seeing these things on TV and, and hating what was coming through the TV, but still being able to realize it as a positive instrument. This is a guy that's an ordained Presbyterian minister. Here he is doing something, you know, motivated by those morals to do something in in the public sphere using a tool which is television that can be used for bad and choosing to use it for good instead in his mind well that's what i was going to say is that like i remember a couple years ago there were all these tweets about the grammys or something all these christian artists were like i left the grammys early because it was just so repulsive or whatever i think it was when miley was doing the twerking thing oh right and all these Christians who were there for like their Christian Grammy or whatever were like, oh, this is just terrible. And I'm just like, that's the Christian response so often. Like right. Mr. Rogers doesn't say, well, TV's terrible, so I'm just going to go make my little Christian show on my Christian network and right. just separate from everything. He goes, no, I'm going to make the best show for kids ever. For all kids, and it's going to be on public television. He doesn't judge the system like, right. oh, you guys are so terrible. I'm going to leave. I'm going to be a separatist. He right. like embraces the system and he goes after it. And I think that's what makes this guy amazing because he he penetrates all minds, all hearts, and he doesn't use the closed-minded approach. So, yeah. And, and you have to f- have fought off your trolls to do that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, his show... Uh, began airing in eight, uh, 19, 18, no, in, in 1968 it started, it ran for 895 episodes. The last wow. set of uh, new episodes was taped in December of 2000 and aired in August of 2001. So he had 
33 years on public television daily. It was a daily show in the morning and then uh, at night, too. 8% of U.S. households tuned in to the show. That's at its peak in 1985, yeah. Wow. We were 80s kids, so. I watched the show because I was five years old at that point, so I definitely was watching the show. It's a beautiful uh, day in the neighborhood. There are some kids, man, back then. (laughs) That's all they had. That's the only positive voice that was spoken into their life all day right Can you and imagine? it was kind of like sesame street probably around the same time but the but mr rogers had a very specific goal he was trying to teach people to like themselves and tell yeah. kids that i like you just the way you are and teach you about how to react and choose feelings like sorting things out that are very important there's a quote here that kind of sums up all that yeah It's not so much what we have in this life that matters. It's what we do with what we have. The alphabet is fine, but it's what we do with it that matters most. Making words like friend and love, that's what really matters. Just think about how that relates to a lot of our episodes on talent. It doesn't matter how much talent you necessarily have. It's what you do with your talent. So, you know, you would say your inner troll would would pipe in when you say, I want to do that. Would say, eh, you're not talented enough at that yeah you know you need more talent but it's not how much you have is what fred rogers says here he says is what you do with what you have and that's the big thing is like and we were talking about in the secret to success episode what do you do with what you have and how much do you do like there's so many people who are amazing guitarists who no one will ever hear because they don't go out and form bands and record music and hustle yeah. They've got too much inner troll dominating the airwaves. Or if they do, it's about playing the guitar and just, it's about kind of this like ego thing. It's not, this is my craft. I love to do this. Right. You know, it's the alphabet is fine, but what we do with it is what matters most. Making words like friend and love is what really matters. And that's kind of the whole essence of his thing was to look through the television at kids into their eyes and say, Please won't you be my neighbor? neighbor i'm glad we're together again very very important stuff for like childhood development and this is a good spot to i think play the video that he does this oh yeah it's a very fancy machine but but you're the one who makes it go right did it take a long time to learn how no not really my first electric wheelchair only took me about a day to learn how to use it gee that's wonderful Jeff, you, your mom and dad must be really proud of you. I'm sure they are. Yeah. Well, I know I am. Can you tell my friends what it is that made you need this wheelchair? Sure. Well, when I was about seven months old, I had um tumor, and it broke the nerves to tell my hands and legs what to do. I see. And they tried to cut the tumor, but they didn't couldn't get it and I became handicapped and I got a wheelchair when I was four years old. That was your first one mm-hmm. when you were four? Uh-huh. Do you remember that? Yeah, sort of. You must have some mighty good doctors who've been taking care uh-huh. of you. Uh-huh. I had surgery earlier this summer because I have pain in my stomach called autonomic dysreflexia and I just what was that autonomic dysreflexia I'm not exactly sure what it means but you sure can say it yeah this just shows you have a lot of things happening to you when you're 
handicapped but most of the time. But, and uh, sometimes that happens when you're not handicapped. Of course. But you're able to talk about those things. Yeah. So well and help other people. Mm -hmm. Who might have the same kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know that song that I sometimes sing called It's You I Like? Uh-huh. I'd like to sing that to you and with you. Okay, okay? sure. It's you I like. It's not the things you wear. It's not the way you do your hair. But it's you I like. The way you are right now. The way down deep inside you. Not the things that hide you. Not your fancy chair. That's just beside you. But it's you. I, I like every part of, of you. Your skin, your eyes, your feeling, whether old or new. I hope that you'll remember, even when you're feeling blue, that it's you I like. It's you yourself. It's you. It's you. I like. And it is you I like, Jeff. Thanks. And there must be times when you do feel blue. Uh-huh. What do you do during those times? Well, it depends. Sometimes do you make up stories? Yeah. Or read? Yeah. Or play. I know that's the way I did when I was a little boy. Had all kinds of things that did I would Did it help? Do. It did help. Yeah. Does it help you? Yeah. We have to all discover our own ways, don't we? Mm-hmm. Of doing things when we're feeling blue. Mm-hmm. I'm not feeling blue right now, though. Me neither. <laughs> I'm so glad that you came today. Thanks. Thank you. And I hope you'll come back to visit again. Okay. Will you? Yeah. And will you give your mom and dad my best? Sure. Because they are sure great people. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye-bye, Jeff. I'll watch you as you go. Dude, I'm like tearing up over here. But, uh, <laughs> I'm watching you. Put yourself in that wheelchair. I did. And just think about... What kind of person would I be in that situation? Yeah. You know, I probably would be pissed off if it happened to me today. <laughs> right. I, I, I just want to say one thing about that. Uh, Mr. Rogers tells the boy, or asks the boy, you must have some pretty remarkable doctors looking after you. I'm trying to focus on the positive, which is really cool. He has a quote. He says, when I was a boy, I would see scary things in the news. My mother would say to me, Look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. And that's mm. totally like relates to killing your ants. I mean, where I'm looking at the news today and there's a terrorist attack in Brussels. And there's just people dead and people, you know, and mm. I can look at that and go, that is horrible. And it's it's normal and natural and, and good to have that response. But if you dwell there, if you if you don't look for the helpers, if you don't find the people who are helping and 
and look at the humanity of that situation, then you will live with more anxiety and stress and negativity. And it's just not positive. And I just think that's such a good thing to say. Tell me about the doctors that take care of you. Tell me about the helpers. Let's look, let's look at the Brussels terrorist attack and let's see all the first responders and let's focus on, on that, that aspect of humanity as opposed to the, the aspect of humanity that, that kills and destroys. It's kind of like there's two attitudes that you can take. Either you can kind of exploit these human emotions or you can totally embrace them and heal. And, I think that Mr. Rogers is all about healing. We'll we'll take you back into the video. So just give you an example. So he's getting an acceptance speech into the TV Hall of Fame, and this same boy comes back and surprises him on stage. So let's just tune in, and we'll try to explain what happens. But this is just a really powerful moment. Please welcome Jeffrey Erlinger. It is... It's an honor to be here tonight, to be part of your proud moment, this proud moment. You know, when, when you tell people that it's you I, it's you I like, you, we know that you really mean it. And tonight, I want to let you know that on behalf of millions of children and grown-ups, it is you that I like. Do you support me as I say my few words? Absolutely. Okay. Well... To Jeff Erlinger and all of the uh, all of the wonderful neighbors who have grown up with our neighborhood, this was, of course, completely unexpected. And what a what a wonderful gift! And I thank the Academy for allowing this to happen. Uh, Jeff and I haven't been together for a while. We met when he was, I think, four years old. Five. Five. Such good neighbors. Well, this is what I wanted to tell you before I knew that I'd have this great gift tonight. Fame is a four-letter word. And like tape or Zoom or face or pain or life or love, what ultimately matters is what we do with it. I feel that those of us in television are chosen to be servants. It doesn't matter what our particular job. We are chosen to help meet the deeper needs of those who watch and listen day and night. Last month, a 13-year-old boy abducted an 8-year-old girl. And when people ask him why, he said he learned about it on TV. Something different to try, he said. Life's cheap. What does it matter? Well, life isn't cheap. It's the greatest mystery of any millennium, and television needs to do all it can to broadcast that, to show and tell what the good in life is all about. But how do we make goodness attractive? By doing whatever we can to bring courage to those whose lives move near our own, by treating our neighbor 
at least as well as we treat ourselves, and allowing that to inform everything that we produce. Who in your life has been such a servant to you? Who has helped you love the good that grows within you? Let's just take 10 seconds to think of some of those people who have loved us and wanted what was best for us in life, those who have encouraged us to become who we are tonight. Just 10 seconds of silence. I'll watch the time. No matter where they are, either here or in heaven, imagine how pleased those people must be to know that you thought of them right now. We all have only one life to live on earth, and through television, we have the choice of encouraging others to demean this life or to cherish it in creative, imaginative ways. On behalf of all of us at Family Communications and the Public Broadcasting Service, I thank you for all the good that you do in this unique enterprise and for wanting our neighborhood to be a part of this celebration tonight. Thank you very much. Dang, it's just so good. I mean, just to take you back to that video, so he he's in the audience. Jeff comes out and he jumps up on stage, runs to to say hi to him. Like that's the kind of guy he is, you know. He just like jumps out of his seat to go like hug this kid. Like it's that's real stuff, you know. That's the kind of that's what got me initially. I was like, oh gosh, I'm losing it. I'm 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 gonna start crying <laughs> on Facebook here, but. uh and everyone in the audience is crying. All these like Hollywood stars are just like tearing up and they show it. So it's really cool. You have to go uh, watch it on YouTube. But what else did you take away from it, Matt? Just like what kind of his message is something that it's just so hard to disagree with. It doesn't matter what level you're on. It's such a human level. Love your neighbor as yourself is is really the big thing about Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And I think that that's why it's the golden rule, do unto others. Um, and just his his sincerity, really. I mean, one, one of the things he said, and this is a quote, is one of the greatest gifts you can give anybody is the gift of your honest self. I also believe that kids can spot a phony a mile away. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and uh, so he was, he believed in not acting out a different persona on camera compared to like how he acted off camera. Hmm. And you can really see that, you know, at the award ceremony, like, just honestly being himself and running up to Jeffrey, yeah. who hadn't seen in you know perhaps a decade or longer, and and just really responding exactly how he how he would if he you know were on his television show, just really inspirational. It's funny because probably about three quarters into that, I was like, we're doing an adult version of Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. <laughs> like, <laughs> we could never be as good as Mister Rogers' we're not, Neighborhood. But I mean, that's everything the, he's that's, saying in yeah, that quote yeah. is like that's the inner troll. Like, though. kill your aunts. Yeah, he's just saying you know like right. Kill your automatic negative thoughts. Like, you have this negative, out pessimistic outlook. You know, why not? Why not do bad stuff? And and life doesn't matter. It's cheap. And he says, don't think that way. Life yeah. is not cheap. Oh, man, it that's matters. such a good quote. And he says, you should have the uh, energy to see the courage in other people. Right. Um, celebrating your friend's success and looking at them as more valuable and encouraging their own courage. 
that's why everyone's crying in the audience because I think he right. gave them courage as kids to go out there and love themselves. Right. And uh, I mean, that's what Don't Feed the Trolls is because yeah. we all need Mr. Rogers telling us not to feed our <laughs> trolls. And it sucks that he's, that he's not here with us anymore telling kids. Well, we need it as adults, you know. We need, you know. Yeah. We need the encouragement as much as anybody. And one of his quotes, he says, I mean, this is just talking from the angle of cognitive behavioral therapy or studies. When we're talking about killing your ants or killing your automatic negative thoughts, discussing, writing them down, talking about them is something Mm. that's like one of the first few steps in overcoming negativity or overcoming um, just bad self-image or whatever. And Mr. Ro- Mr. Rogers says, anything that's human is mentionable, and anything that is mentionable can be more manageable. And when we talk about our feelings, they become less overwhelming, less upsetting, and less scary. The people we trust with that important talk can help us know that we are not alone. I think that one part of the video, and he's, he's done this in a couple of videos I saw just to prep for this episode, where he takes 10 seconds to think, to think of the people who've loved you in your life. Right. And I mean, really, at the end of the end of my life, I just hope my kids feel that way about me. Just like right. and you know. I think that's a that's a good goal. It's just to be somebody that somebody thinks about someday is man, that person loved me right. better than anybody. It gave to, me the courage to be myself. To be a part of the gratitude of somebody else is it's it's that's a life well lived. If someone is grateful for your contribution to that their life. And that's really what, what Fred Rogers is and did and embodied there's this quote after that it says i hope you're proud of yourself for the times you've said yes when all it meant was extra work for you and was seemingly helpful only to someone else (laughs) how does that relate to our podcast right now (laughs) i mean honestly how does it relate to like starving trolls and you know we get up and we put all this work into into making a podcast and we're like we don't know if this is going to pay off but we think you know we're getting emails that people appreciate this and mm-hmm. we and and it actually it's not just ex- extra work for us we like it and we'll do it whether or not we get paid to do it that's yeah just something that we have decided but to be proud of yourself for the times you've said yes and gone ahead with the extra work um with no guarantee of it sort of working out it's such an important thing and i think it's it just so well parallels our journey as a podcast and our journey yeah. trying to figure out what it is we want to talk about and what it, what it is we want to be for people. And uh, I just think uh, this kind of this synopsis on Mr. Rogers just totally parallels what we're trying to go for. I mean, for adults, obviously. You don't realize as an adult you need the same stuff. You don't realize that people are sort of grinding it out in society and they are making TV shows to just be kind of a mass appeal, forgetting like, why are we making this TV show? Right. Why are we making this music? Why are we making this podcast? And sometimes it's like only a few Mr. Rogers are awake, right. are present, are fully aware that like the only thing that matters of all this stuff is that you are real and you are connecting with people and you see them as valuable. And I think the tendency in the entertainment industry is to see people as numbers. Right. Let's just throw this huge net out there and hopefully we get a ton of numbers and viewers and we don't even see them as people. You know, especially early on in our band, just selling tickets. Like, here's a number on a piece of paper. Right. Awesome. And you don't realize, like, these people are coming to their show. Like, they're spending their money. They're listening. They're connecting. And right. uh, it's really hard to disconnect that business part of your brain. Right. And I think Mr. Rogers 
doesn't it doesn't even seem to enter into the equation. Right. You're, just, you, we're thinking about what we're going to get out of how many people showing yes. up to the shows as opposed to what we can give to them. And it's just a posture that, that you see in really great people. They're constantly concerned about how other people are benefiting and not themselves. It's active yeah. selflessness, essentially. And I'm going to do yeah. this because I believe that kids need this. Or I'm going to do this because I believe that our fans want this and need this in their lives. And it will make them better. It will bring out their best selves. And that's yeah. a position of just complete self-sacrificial love, you know? And that, I think, you get a more of a benefit from than just oh, uh, yeah, looking totally. at people as, as though they are numbers. Undeniable benefits. Ultimately, when we don't feed the trolls, uh, we're not even focusing on our own trolls. We're focusing on other people. You know, you see all these famous people are always, they were depressed or something happened and they were sad. And like, you know, millionaires with millions of dollars are depressed. Sure. And... You don't realize how self-focused you can become in this life. Right. Um, and I think children are the least self-focused in some ways until they kind of learn from the world how to be selfish. Right. But I think Mr. Rogers is just a grown man who's focused on everybody. And he talks kind of slow. He talks kind of like does. a kid would talk. Yeah. Um, you can't hate the guy. I think everyone becomes a kid again. You just see in the audience in those videos, they just right. all become kids again. And uh, man, yeah. what a cool story. What a cool life. And uh, what an amazing troll starver the guy really was. Right. And, uh, let's do Let's do this. Let's, um, let's play an excerpt of uh, Mr. Rogers testifying in front of Congress um, and kind of play, play the episode out just to sort of honor who he was and, and, and whatnot. But just to give you a little a backstory on this excerpt. He's uh, he's talking in front of uh, Senator Pastor in 1969 in front of Congress, trying to get funding for PBS and um, and talking about the value of his show and why it's different than other shows. And um, he ends with uh, with reading the lyrics of one of his songs, which I think is super important. But um, but the senator, it's great. He starts out very abrasive towards uh, towards Fred Rogers. And uh, and then by the end, he's just putty which is kind of just shows the power of a very sincere, loving, well-motivated, well-intentioned person over anybody. I mean, it just melts yeah. It melts the hardest of hearts. So anyway, so much of what this podcast is is about overwhelming negative feelings, uh, whether they be from other people towards us or you know, from us towards other people. Uh, Fred Rogers dedicated his life to present what he described as a meaningful expression of care. Knowing full well that when people feel truly liked, just the way they are, they respond with their best selves. And that's kind of, I mean, it's just words to live by. So, And it's you that we like out there. It's really. you that we like. We're going to play this clip from Mr. Rogers in 1969 testifying in front of Congress. We hope you guys enjoy it, and we will see you next week. We in public television are proud of Fred Rogers, and I'm proud to present Mr. Rogers to you now. All right, Rogers, you got the floor. <laughs> Senator Pastore, this is a philosophical statement and would take about 10 minutes to read, so I'll not do that. One of the first things that a child learns in a healthy family is trust, and I trust what you have said that you will read this. It's very important to me. I care deeply about children. My first children... Will it make you happy if you read it? I'd just like to talk about it, if all it's right, all right. Sir. Okay. My first children's program was on WQED 15 years ago, and its budget was $30. Now, with the help of all of the affiliated stations, 
Each station pays to show our program. It's a unique kind of funding in educational television. With this help, now our program has a budget of $6,000. It may sound like quite a difference, but $6,000 pays for less than two minutes of cartoons, two minutes of animated what I sometimes say, bombardment. I'm very much concerned, as I know you are, about what's being delivered to our children in this country. And I've worked in the field of child development for six years now, trying to understand the inner needs of children. We deal with such things as, as the inner drama of childhood. We don't have to bop somebody over the head to make drama on the screen. We deal with such things as getting a haircut or the feelings about brothers and sisters and the kind of anger that arises in simple family situations. And we speak to it constructively. How long a program is it? It's a I'm half hour every day. Most channels schedule it in the noontime as well as in the evening. WETA here has scheduled it in the late afternoon. Maybe not today, but I'd like to see the program. I'd like very much for you I'd to like see. I'd like to see the program itself, or any one of them, you see. We, we made 100 programs for EEN, the Eastern Educational Network, and then when the money ran out, people in Boston and Pittsburgh and Chicago all came to the fore and said, we've got to have more of this neighborhood expression of care. This is what I give. I give an expression of care every day to each child to help him realize that he is unique. I end the program by saying, you've made this day a special day by just your being you. There's no person in the whole world like you and I like you just the way you are. And I feel that if we in public television can only make it clear that feelings are mentionable and manageable, we will have done a great service for mental health. I think that it's much more dramatic that two men could be working out their feelings of anger, much more dramatic than showing something of gunfire. I'm constantly concerned about what our children are seeing. And for 15 years, I have tried in this country and Canada to present what I feel is a meaningful expression of care. Do you I, narrate it? I'm the host, yes. And I do all the puppets, and I write all the music, and I write all the scripts. Well, I'm supposed to be a pretty tough guy, and this is the first time I've had goosebumps for the last two days. <laughs> Well, I'm grateful, not only for your goosebumps, but for your interest in, in our kind of communication. Could I tell you the words of one of the songs which I feel is very important? Yes. This has to do with that good feeling of control, which I feel that the children need to know is there. And it starts out, what do you do with the mad that you feel? And that first line came straight from a child. I work with children doing puppets in, in very personal communication with small groups. What do you do with the mad that you feel when you feel so mad you could bite? When the whole wide world seems oh so wrong and nothing you do seems very right. What do you do? Do you punch a bag? Do you pound some clay or some dough? 
Do you round up friends for a game of tag or see how fast you go? It's great to be able to stop when you've planned a thing that's wrong and be able to do something else instead and think this song. I can stop when I want to, can stop when I wish, can stop, stop, stop anytime. And what a good feeling to feel like this and know that the feeling is really mine. Know that there's something deep inside that helps us become what we can. For a girl can be someday a lady and a boy can be someday a man. I think it's wonderful. I think it's wonderful. Looks like you just earned the $20 million. <laughs> <laughs>